Hey, welcome to the Pretty AF Podcast. I'm Asli Maslow, a brand coach, speaker, author, marketer, and the founder of Pretty AF and the Babble Boutique. I help entrepreneurs going from living paycheck to paycheck in a job they hate to thriving in a career and life they love. This is your place to learn from me and other entrepreneurs that are Pretty AF inside and out. We get into how to create income doing what you love while finding balance between your wellness, beauty, travel, and philanthropy. If you're ready to get inspired and have actionable steps to build the life you love, then you're in the right place. Let's dive in. I still have clients today who are like, I can't explain it to people, but I just know it's amazing. So basically, most from the time you're zero to seven, you take in information and you see it, you hear it, you sense it, and that turns into your representation of the world, the lessons that you have, turns into your habits that you create as an adult. Mm -hmm. So all that information gets stored in your subconscious mind and your subconscious takes up 90% of your thoughts. So like brushing your teeth, you don't even have to think about brushing your teeth, you just do it. Your subconscious mind is telling you to do it. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people have, you know, these negative habits or thoughts or beliefs that they want to change, but they're not even aware that they have it or they don't know how to control it because Mm -hmm. it just happens. Welcome back to the Pretty AF Podcast. I'm your host, Asley Maslow, and that clip was from today's guest, Kenzie Grow of Ken's Grow Coaching. Kenzie is a life coach, an NLP practitioner, and an energy healer. Today, we talk about Reiki, hypnosis, inner child work, and all the things to become the best version of you. I am so excited about this episode because we chat all about a lot of things that we've never talked about before on the show. So without further ado, let's get into it. I am a life and mindset coach, so I help women learn how to intuitively eat, and I also use neuro-linguistic programming or NLP to really change their subconscious mind and their habits so that we can go deeper than just surface level and start to change those habits that they've created and how I got to where I am. It's a very long story, but I will shorten it up a little bit for you. I graduated college. I had moved out to California and I was just pretty miserable. I wasn't feeling my best. I had low energy. I wasn't, you know, able to perform in my job the way I wanted to. And I knew something had to change. So I started weightlifting had no clue what I was doing, Mm -hmm. just kind of figuring it out as I went. And from there, this passion just stemmed of like figuring out how to eat the best, how to move my body, um, not spending hours and hours in the gym. And I figured if I was struggling with this, that tons of women all over had to be struggling with this as well. So I went and got my personal trainer certificate. I got my health coaching certificate and a slew of other certificates from there, but it's really stemmed into helping women break barriers and go further in their lives than they ever thought was possible before. Mm-hmm. What were you doing when you graduated college? So I graduated college with a marketing degree and I was in corporate. I was a project manager and then I worked at a startup tech company for five years and I had my business on the side. I knew that health was always a passion of mine. I knew that women in corporate struggled. So 
when I left the corporate world, that has really been my focus with women who are working, who are busy in the corporate world and don't have a lot of time. Mm. So you mentioned NLP and I know you do NLP and hypnosis with your clients. Can you explain what those are and how to know if those are right for us? Yeah, absolutely. So NLP stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming. And to it sounds crazy, <laughs> but it's pretty simple. And I still have clients today who are like, I can't explain it to people, but I just know it's amazing. So basically, most from the time you're zero to seven, you take in information. And you see it, you hear it, you sense it. And that turns into your representation of the world. The lessons that you have turns into your habits that you create as an adult. Mm. So all of that information gets stored in your subconscious mind and your subconscious takes up 90% of your thoughts. So like brushing your teeth, you don't even have to think about brushing your teeth. You just do it. Your subconscious mind is telling you to do it. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people have, you know, these negative habits or thoughts or beliefs that they want to change, but they're not even aware that they have it or they don't know how to control it because mm -hmm. it just happens. So with NLP, what we're able to do is talk directly to the subconscious mind and start to change those habits. And hypnosis goes along with that as well. Um, I honestly, before I was even a clinical hypnotherapist, was kind of like, oh, hypnotherapy, I don't know, because we all have this misconception that it's like a magic trick, right? Mm -hmm. Or you go on stage and you're told to bark like a dog. Mm -hmm. And that's just not the case. What happens is you're just in a really relaxed state. You have complete control. So if you wanted to get up and walk out of the room, you could. But I'm basically just saying a bunch of different words to you to relax you. And then once you're relaxed, we can go talk to your subconscious mind and really implant what you want. So if you want to be more confident, if you want to eat healthier, if you want to lose weight, if you want to show up differently at your job, we're able to implant that into your subconscious mind so that it just starts to happen naturally for you. Um, how many sessions does it take for that to start working? Yeah, I would say about four sessions. I have people who just like to try it because they've never tried it before. So I always invite them to try a session, see what they think. And then typically I would say about four sessions to start to see the difference and notice those those changes in your subconscious. And is that different than like those like CDs they used to sell that you're like, <laughs> listen to it and you'll lose weight because it'll... <laughs> You know, I honestly haven't tried those, but I do listen to like recorded hypnosis. So I feel like it's probably the same thing. Mm. The nice thing about like working with a coach who does hypnosis is we can program the message to be specifically for you. So mm. before the hypnosis session even starts, I ask you, you know, what do you want? What do you want it to look like so that it's customized? But yeah, I'm sure those CDs are able to relax you and talk to your subconscious mind too. Can that help with like if you've been through trauma can it help you get over it or is it just like negative fixing negative thoughts? 
Yeah, that's a good question. It can help really anything. I believe it started too. They use it a lot for people who want to quit smoking or more probably like psychologists use it for, you know, addiction and stuff, Mm -hmm. but it can be used for anything. And is it different than like I've done EMDR before? Is it Mm -hmm. similar to that or not really? Yeah, I've never done EMDR, but I would say it's probably the same. I think EMDR is able to relax you and talk. It's through it's through waves, correct, for EMDR? So I did a couple different ones. There is some that would be like sounds on each side, some they would like tap you on each side. Yeah, this, was pro- this would probably be a little bit different because you're just speaking to them. You're not like touching or doing sound waves or anything like that. Mm. But probably same concept of being able to talk to different parts of your brain. And what kind of like results have you seen people get yeah, from doing this? Yeah, that's a good question. So a lot of my clients come to me for um, like limiting beliefs or more confidence, Um I do have people come to me for weight loss, but at the end of the day, when we really get down to it, it's not about weight loss. It's usually something deeper. So we dig into that instead of just doing weight loss. I've had clients come to me who want to eat healthier. And typically after a couple sessions, the clients are like, I don't know what you did, but I just like have felt the urge to eat healthier or I've had some clients who are in poor relationships and they start to stick up for themselves more and show up more confidently. So they definitely start to see the changes after a couple sessions. During the session, are you like completely awake? Like, do they remember exactly everything you said? Yeah, most clients do. I've had some clients who they can hear me talking, they know I'm talking to them, but they don't remember what I said, but they know everything that's going on. And then I've had some clients who are like, yep, I I remember what you said. I remember pretty much every word. Mm -hmm. Usually people who have had hypnosis before, or if they do hypnosis before bed, they're the people that go deeper into it because Mm -hmm. their mind can relax easier. Um, But if you're new to it, and it's not always the case, but usually if you're new to it, you're relaxed, but you know everything that's going on. So I know one of the things that you help your clients with is loving themselves. Yeah. Why do you think that's important and what steps can we take to love ourselves right now? Yeah, absolutely. So I felt the need, you know, so... When I first started my program, it started as just like nutrition and movement and working with my clients. I was like, this goes so much deeper. It's not about, it's not about losing a couple pounds, right? There's Mm -hmm. stuff that goes further. And so I felt this need for them to really be able to love and accept their body the way it is. And society has really told us, and I don't, it doesn't matter what size your body is. Society tells you that you should look a certain way to be accepted, to be worthy, to fit into certain clothes. And so I saw this need of women being like, well, I need to lose 30 pounds for people to like me to go to events. And that's really not the case. You need to love your body at every stage that it's at because when we got down to it, my clients were like, well, I used to be 30 pounds lighter but I still didn't love the way my body looked. I still wanted more, right? Mm -hmm. And so it comes down to being able to love your body just the way it is. And typically when you're able to do that, you're able to 
really see what's important. You're able to show up the way you want to show up and not worry about the way your body looks all the time. Mm -hmm. So a couple of steps I take with my clients, everybody's a little bit different. So am I allowed to swear? Can I yeah. say a swear? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I have, uh, there, there's two different approach and everybody needs to figure out what's best for them. But I have a list where, or I have them create a list. They either create a, I love you list or a fuck you list. <laughs> and so everybody's different, but I have some clients who I'm like, I just want you to list out all the things that you love about your body. Every single thing, everything that your body does for you, it's done for you. A lot of uh, my clients are moms, you know, their bodies have given them these amazing gifts of children. And so I have them list out all those things. And mm -hmm. then I have them stand in front of the mirror and look at themselves and talk about all the things that they love. And I make them do this da a daily practice so that they're actually looking at themselves and seeing like, yep, this is who, this is who I am. And then I have clients who that's a little bit harder for them. And so I have them make a fuck you list. Mm -hmm. And this is basically telling your body like, fuck you for doing this, this, this. But then they move forward and say the things that they truly could find to love about themselves. So mm -hmm. it's like, okay, well, you know, fuck you for having like this little bit of extra um, skin on my, my waist, but you gave me a baby or whatever. And so I have them start really small, one thing that they love about themselves. And then over the weeks that we work together, we progress that. Um, so it's really just being able to accept your body for where it's at and love it for what it does for you. And why do you think that is important? Why it's important? Because if you can't love your body for where it's at, what makes you think that being a certain size will make it different for you. Mm. We're, you're always going to want more, different. And so if you can just love it for where it's at, it's not really going to matter if it's 10 pounds heavier or lighter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know I've looked at pictures in the past when I was skinnier, and I know that in that moment, I, like, wish I was skinnier. <laughs> right, yeah. And so it's like, and you're like, okay, well, if I wanted to be 10 pounds lighter then, like, what other extremes would I go to? So it's really mm -hmm. important to just like love yourself for who you are because it's kind of goes back to the subconscious mind. Society has told us you need to look this way, act this way, be this size. Um, so we need to start getting rid of those thoughts and just love yourself for who you are. So I know that you talk a lot about intuitive eating. Can yeah. you share what that is and how we do it? Yes. So it's a, there's 10 steps, 10 principles to intuitive eating. And it's really about ditching dieting and throwing dieting out the window. Like no more diets, no more rules. The basis of it is that when, when you're born, you are able to tell your mom when you're hungry, when you're full, right? Where you're able to feel those cues, your brain communicates to your body. But as you get older and you start dieting or you start squashing down those cues for hunger or fullness, you lose them. And so people overeat, undereat, they have no idea what their body actually needs. And so what I do with my clients is we start to get rid of some of those rules. So, I mean, 
how many diets are out there, but the (laughs) diet industry is a billion dollar industry and their goal is to keep you dieting, right? Because Mm -hmm. they want you to keep coming back for more. Oh, that diet didn't work, but in 2021, there's going to be a new diet, try it, spend all the money, whatever. And so what I want them to do is break out of that cycle. So we get rid of the dieting rules. There's no more good food or bad food. And we start to talk about foods that are off limits for them. This is probably one of my favorite steps because I have, um, what was a recent one? One of my clients thought the like Maui onion string chips, if you've ever heard of those, were like Mm. a bad food. She was nervous to have them. She felt like she couldn't have control around them. And so I said, okay, what I want you to do, this is your homework this week. I want you to go to the grocery store, buy it, keep it in your house, eat it if you want and see what happens. And the next week she came back and she goes, oh, I only ate it one time. (laughs) And what we're doing there is we're getting rid of that restriction because back in the day, you know, when we were humans first created, they didn't know when they were going to have certain foods again. You know, if they got meat, they binged on that meat because they didn't know when they would have meat. If they found fruit, they binged on the fruit because they didn't know when they would have it again. Mm. And it's, we're, we're still the same. Your body's thinking, I don't know when she's going to let me have chips again. Mm -hmm. So I need to just eat as much as possible. However, if you remove that restriction, you're more likely, and it takes practice, but you're more likely to just have a little bit and enjoy it and then be done. Mm. So Like I said, there's 10 steps, but those are kind of the beginning. And another one is recognizing diet culture as well. So starting to notice, you know, people who are just glorifying being skinny or people who are pushing diets and removing that content from your life so that you don't feel pressured to pursue another diet. Mm -hmm. Do you have any tips for like I know it's kind of different this year, but usually around the holidays, like being around family members that glorify diets and are always talking about them and you kind of have to be around them. Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. So I have a lot of clients and me, myself, when I first started intuitive eating, um, I had some family members who were like, oh, what, what diet are you on now? Or like, why aren't you eating this? Or why aren't you eating that? And I would tell them, I'm not on a diet. I'm just eating healthy. And they couldn't grasp that concept. Like, they thought that you had to be on a diet, you know? Mm -hmm. And so what I tell my clients, well, this doesn't have to do so much with family. But when it comes to eating around the holidays, I tell them there are no rules. So what I encourage them to do is get their plate, take a little bit of what looks good to them. They don't need to overflow their plate eat it and enjoy it. And if they want more, go back for more. You can always get seconds, right? Mm -hmm. So that's my step like for them to enjoy the food. But when it comes to family, I typically say just like, you have to brush it off, either remove yourself from the conversation or kind of speaking to them and saying, Hey, you know what? I'm listening to my body and honoring my body. And I would just ask that you respect that. And that comes with setting boundaries and that's awkward and Mm -hmm. we're not always good at it. But I think if you want people to really respect what you're doing and how you're eating, you have to speak up for yourself. I know in the questions that you answered for this podcast that you mentioned hinging points and I've never heard of that. So (laughs) (laughs) I love hinging points. Give me the deets. (laughs) Talk about it a little bit. 
Yes. So hinging points also sometimes I'll call them non-negotiables, which I feel like sometimes is a better name because it kind of speaks to it. It's your non, non-negotiable things. Mm -hmm. And so I have my clients find their non-negotiables. There are three different areas. So they're internal, external, and twisted. And internal is, and so sorry, let me go back a second. Your hinging points are your things that make you function. They're your things that make your world go round. And if you feel like your world starts to get chaotic or the wheels are falling off, these are the things that you can go back to and say, what am I missing? What haven't I taken care of? What Mm -hmm. am I not providing in my life? So the internal are things that you do personally. And this would be sleep, food, working out getting your hair done, cleaning your car, getting your nails done. So things that are personally for you. I have clients who are like, yeah, if my hair and nails aren't done, like I don't feel my best. Mm -hmm. So, okay, great. That's one of your hinging points. You need to make sure you get that done Mm -hmm. as well as the basics, sleep and food. My husband can function on four hours of sleep. I like to get eight hours of sleep. (laughs) (laughs) So we have to know what what we're going to function best. And the internal are great because you have control of them, but they're also really easy to overlook because we tend to put other people before ourselves. Mm -hmm. The external are things outside of us. So this would be things like you need a dedicated office space, you need a partner or a romantic partner, or you need a business partner or you need to be a manager and lead people. And so these are things that are kind of out of your control. And that can be a con to these is you're not always going to say, well, I'm the manager, right? (laughs) Like that's not always in your control. Mm -hmm. But if you can create some kind of atmosphere for yourself, uh, another great one I like to give an example is that you need pressure or deadlines. So I have a lot of clients come to me and they're like, Kenzie, I just cannot get this done. And I'm like, okay, well, did you create a deadline for yourself? They're like, no, I'm just kind of whatever. And so some people need that pressure. So how can you create pressure for yourself to get Mm -hmm. it done? So those are your external. And then your twisted is exactly as it sounds. Mm -hmm. It's something twisted that you need. It's a little... Maybe it's a little weird (laughs) and not everybody has one of these. You might rack your brain forever and not think of one, but you might have one. And these are things like you would do anything for anyone else, but you wouldn't do anything for yourself or you'll only play if you can win. So it's like, how do you create a circumstance for yourself where you can win? You'll only like, you'll only do it if you can be right. So uh, Mm -hmm. you you need competition, that's a great one. So you need competition to succeed. So how can you make competition for yourself? Those are your twisted. And so what I tell my clients is list all these out, go through each section individually and label them one being the most important to however many you have, if you have 10, one to 10, Mm -hmm. and your top few should be the things that you're really prioritizing every single day to make sure that you're on your A game. Mm -hmm. I think that makes a lot of sense, especially people that are entrepreneurs or working from home now, it can, you're not really in those same routines. So kind of reminding Mm -hmm. yourself of what are the things that make you feel like you? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And we tend to lose that. And I, 
I tell my clients too, I'm like, you need to be selfish. We're Mm -hmm. taught not to be selfish, to put yourself before other people, but in order to be your best and show up for your family, your partner, whatever, you have to be selfish and put yourself first. Oh my gosh, we have to stop meeting like this. I'm totally kidding. But I wanted to let you know that I have three ebooks for free on my website. And if you go to asleymaslow.com and click courses, it's right under my courses. I have one ebook on how to grow your Instagram, one on how to get started as an influencer on Instagram, and a third on how to make your first hire doing all the things that you currently hate doing. So I will let you get back to your episode, but I wanted to let you know about those goodies. I think right now, too, it's really easy to feel overwhelmed and kind of feel like because we're a lot of us are given this extra time that we're trying to do everything and we start feeling overwhelmed by everything we're trying to do. What tips can you share if someone's feeling overwhelmed? Yeah. What I would say is I think these hinging points are a great place to start. You don't need to do all of them, but if you're feeling overwhelmed, what's some of your self-care activities that you do? Do you like to journal? Do you like to stretch, yoga, meditate? Do you want to watch a movie? Really taking time to have a self-care practice I think is super important. And I think when people think of self-care, they think, okay, it needs to be this huge elaborate process and it has to be, you know, an hour a day. Mm -hmm. Self-care can look like something that's five minutes. Going in the other room and taking some deep breaths that's self-care. So I think really finding things that can kind of bring your nervous system back down to central and just allow you to take a breath. So I know you consider yourself also a life coach. Mm -hmm. To you, what's the difference between like a life coach or a health coach or a physical coach? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I'll go back a little bit, but I I started as a health coach and I was really focused on the nutrition and the movement. And as I got deeper, like I said, I knew that like, if we can't go deeper than that, these changes are not going to be sustainable. These women are going to go back to dieting. They're going to stop moving their body. And so I got a life coaching certification as well as my hypnosis and Reiki and everything. But the life coaching to me takes it a step further. Mm -hmm. I'm not just helping you with your health. I'm helping you with all aspects. So I have a client who started with me in my health coaching program, but now she does one-on-one coaching with me and we cover all aspects of her life. We talk about her relationship. We talk about work and really how to be her best in each of these areas. Mm. And I think, like I said, like the health is just one tiny part of your life. There's so many other areas that can be worked on as well. What do you think about like the difference between like a life coach versus like, should you look for a coach for like each area of your life or like, how do you kind of decide, I guess? Yeah. I think it really depends. Everybody's different. If you feel like, if you feel like, yeah, I've got my shit together, like 
all I need is somebody to help me with my nutrition, then you should be looking for a health coach, dietitian, nutritionist, whatever. Mm. If you feel like, yeah, I'm just like ready to up level my life and just take my, I want to say vibration, my, how I show up in the world to Mm. another place. That's when you should really be looking for a life coach because they can help you in all areas. So I think you just need to sit down and think, is it one specific area or like, am I just looking to up level my life in all areas and like who I am as a person? Because as a life coach, I have clients who just want to show up differently. They want to be more confident. They have limiting beliefs that are holding them back from getting the promotion or they have limiting beliefs that are keeping them from showing up uh, with their partner or finding a relationship. Mm -hmm. And so we're able to dig into all of those areas. And what is, because I feel like a lot of what you do is stuff that like a therapist has helped me with in the past. Um, So what do you kind of think like the differences between those two are and like how you would know which is right for you? Yeah, I think a therapist would be like, if I had somebody come to me who had, you know, really bad PTSD, or maybe had a bad experience in their life with like sexual trauma, or like just really deep seated trauma, I probably wouldn't take somebody on like that. I think a therapist is best for that kind of situation. Mm -hmm. Um, If you are just like, I have, you know, limiting beliefs around what I can do, I want to progress in these different areas. I think that's when a life coach is best. The thing too, that I think, and I'm not saying all therapists, you know, there's so many different out there, but with me, for me as a life coach, I give my clients tools like, okay, well let's sit down and like define your goals together. Let's sit down and come up with a business plan or the next step. Mm -hmm. Some therapists might do that, but I don't think most do. Um, So it's really hands-on and strategy-based as well. Okay. I feel like with everything that all the different courses you've you've done and kind of how you integrate everything into one, like it's really unique how you've been able to pull all these things into one thing. Do you have any advice for someone that's like, I want to do Reiki. I also want to help people with nutrition. Like how to put it all into one so that it makes sense? Yes. That's (laughs) a great question. (laughs) Um, So I, my advice would be to be flexible, to be evolving, because I think you might, start your own business, whether it's coaching or a physical product or whatever. Um, I know you talk a lot to entrepreneurs, like be flexible because you might dive into the entrepreneurial world and be like, Oh, I really love like podcasting. But then you start podcasting. You're like, I'm just not cut out for this. And Mm -hmm. so being flexible and being willing to really find what you're interested in and not being afraid to pivot for me, it started out as health coaching and I was like, yeah, this is cool. Like, this is good. But as I worked with clients and did my own self work, I was like, yeah, but this can go so much deeper. This can be, this can help women so, you know, so much bigger than I ever thought. Mm -hmm. And so I had to remember, and I think we all get caught up in this is like, I didn't need to fit in a mold. My business doesn't need to look like 
Bill's business. Like Mm -hmm. it can be whatever I want it to be. And really just taking my experience and seeing what my clients needed and making that the best program ever for them Mm -hmm. is what sets me apart. So I think you just have to be not afraid to step out of your comfort zone. Yeah. I feel like as entrepreneurs, we're on like a continuous journey of becoming better and like learning new things. So like as you find things that have helped you, like to me, it just kind of makes sense that you're like, well, I can help other people with this too now. Yeah, I take it even further. Mm -hmm. So I know one other thing that you mentioned as far as energy healing that you help people with is inner child work. Can you explain what that is? Yeah. So when I first started, when I first started my like healing journey and just like getting, you know, better energy, I had a coach who did inner child with me and I was like, what the (laughs) heck are you talking about? And now that I've done it, I've created my own program around it and I do it with my clients. I see how amazing it is and really how I talked about our, um, experiences are created from the time you're zero to seven Mm -hmm. what we're doing is we're kind of going back to the child of you that was neglected or maybe missed out on something and just healing that part of you and allowing you to change that experience going forward so I'm going to just give you an example I have a client who she she was having a hard time just like feeling accepted and feeling like she belonged no matter what she looked like. And we did this inner child work and hers was a little bit older. Typically it's younger, but it can be older. So we did this inner child work and she had this immediate vision of being 15 years old. Her family had just moved and she did not fit in with anybody. Mm -hmm. And she felt like, Oh, I have to dress this way, look this way, talk this way to fit in. Mm -hmm. And she immediately after we were done with the inner child, it's more of like a hypnosis. As soon as we were done with it, she was like, I never connected the two. I Mm. never would have thought that the way I feel as an adult today went back to that time when I was 15 years old. And so it's really just allowing you to go back to a time. And that's not a super traumatic thing, but it it does count as trauma. Mm. And so we're going back to that time when you had some trauma in your life and allowing you to check in with your little self and show her some love and really heal yourself moving forward. Yeah, I think that's a really good point that trauma doesn't always have to be like this huge horrific event. Like it can be something like that, that. Yeah, yeah. And I, with that client, you know, when she did the inner child and I talked about trauma she said to me she goes I immediately was like well I don't have trauma like nothing traumatic has happened to me but to her that was traumatic and it's Mm. it's just a way where your experiences have created your life for you now yeah so one of the reasons I wanted you on the show is because of how you give back and that's a big part of pretty af so can you share in what ways you give back and what makes you want to do that yes so I, the first reason, like, why I want to give back, I just think it's so important to give to others and be kind and 
really lift each other up at the end of the day. You know, we're all, everyone has struggles and I just think it's really important to help, help others, help them be their best. So there's a few different ways I give back. I do scholarships for my program. So if I have women who really want to participate, but you know, it's just not possible for them. I will typically give a scholarship. Something I'm exploring as well is to give like to um, women who are had been in like domestic violence situations, like giving back to them, allowing them to have a scholarship. Mm. I think it's a great way to give them a life coach to really help them move forward and heal. I also am part of a women's group called No. It's K-N-O-W. And it's a group of women who are business owners and entrepreneurs. And in this way, we all give back to the community. We support each other's businesses, give support to each other's businesses. I have obviously not been an entrepreneur for a very long time, but I think it's really important to give back to women who are pursuing their goals and want to make big differences in the world. And then I also just joined a group called W Girls as well. And they are all about philanthropy. So they do book drives and backpack drives and they raise money for families. And then lastly, this isn't a thing yet, but my husband's in school to be a dietitian, and we, um, we are born and raised right outside of Milwaukee and we just moved back to Milwaukee. So we would like to do, you know, educational programs for them and teach them about eating and really just, I think a lot of times in areas where there isn't a lot of money, they're not taught how to eat properly, but Mm -hmm. I think nutrition and wellness is so important. So Mm -hmm. we'd like to give back in that way as well. Love it. That's a lot. (laughs) (laughs) It is a lot. It's like, I don't know. um, It's hard to explain, but I've always had just this like heart of like giving back to others. And I just think it's really important. Um, Mm -hmm. We are lucky to grow up where we did and have opportunities and education. And so I think it's important to give back to others so they can have those opportunities too. As far as your scholarship, if there's other coaches out there that are like, oh, I kind of think I might want to do some type of scholarship. How did you set that up or how do you choose people and like what's kind of included? Yeah. So what I do, it's not like a super robust system. It might be one day, but I typically um, will put out, you know, hey, I'm going to be offering one or two scholarships for this round. Um, If you would like to be considered, please fill out this form. I'll have a form where they can go and kind of just answer a few questions. I'll ask them, you know, why do you want this? What are your goals? Um, And then typically I will choose from those scholarship or from those entries for the scholarship. Okay. It's pretty simple. (laughs) Yeah. Simple. It probably could be more robust, but that's what's working for now. So (laughs) yeah. yeah. Don't overcomplicate it if it doesn't need to be. (laughs) Exactly. So I want to get into your best tips to be pretty AF. What is your number one beauty tip? My number one beauty tip, I think, is just to use quality products and take care of your skin. I think it's something we overlook so much, like just not even wearing sunscreen. But I really feel like using more um, natural products and more, I would say, like earth conscious products is really important. Do you have any favorite brands or products you can recommend? Yes. So I just switched over to Beauty Counter, 
and I'm really loving their products. I think they do a great job of, they don't test on animals. They, there's, I, I feel like you could probably educate people more than me, but I feel like they don't use like all these crazy products that, you know, aren't the best for you. So I'm really liking their stuff and I've been using it for about a month and I've seen a huge difference in my skin. I also really like um, Primally Pure as well. I use their deodorant and some of their face stuff too, and their stuff is really good. I've never tried primer- Primarily? Primarily. Primarily Pure. <laughs> <laughs> but you should try it. Their stuff's good, and it's like, their stuff is like very natural, like mm. five ingredients or whatever. Yeah, my New Year's resolution for 2020 was to switch to all clean products, mm. so... I definitely, I love Beauty Counter, but I'm always open to trying new ones. Yeah, I love, I don't know if you've had somebody on that talked just about that, like Mm -hmm. all clean products, but I think that would be cool. Yeah, yeah, I need to. (laughs) I did have um, a Beauty Counter, before I joined, I interviewed someone for Beauty Counter, and I actually joined under her, but I haven't had like, just purely about clean beauty. Yeah, I feel like that would be good because I, I myself, like, I know the importance of it, but it's so, it's a lot of research to find. And so mm-hmm. um, it would be cool just to hear somebody talk about, you know, what they enjoy or what they think is the best. Yeah, I am. My actually last solo episode of the year is about all the products that I found that are clean oh, that I really like. So. I love it. Okay, <laughs> so I'll be, I'll be listening to that for sure. Um, so... Back to your Pretty AF tips. What is your number one wellness tip that you didn't already give or if it's one that you already mentioned that you think is the most important? Yes. So it's kind it's kind of two, but my biggest wellness tip would be to eat your veggies and move your body in ways that you love moving your body. Mm-hmm. Um, we, one, veggies are so un but they're so important. And two, I think people think that movement needs to look a certain way that they need to do an hour of hit, two hours of lifting, and it doesn't need to be so complicated. Just move your body in ways that you really enjoy and want to do. What if you hate vegetables? How? Do... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so if you hate vegetables, I would start, like, make a smoothie in the morning. So put greens in there, like spinach, kale, but then put Mm. frozen fruit. And um, I do, like, chia seeds and almond milk. So you're still getting some greens, but it's not, you know, straight up broccoli. (laughs) (laughs) That's still my struggle. I just, uh, I like Try the smoothie. Yeah, I, I do like smoothies. And then I do, like, I think I just don't know how to cook them well because, like, If I eat it at a restaurant, I usually will like it. But if I try to make it, I'm like, mm, not good. <laughs> yeah, I so I have a lot of clients who are like, well, I they grew up with just like steamed veggies, yeah. and I'm like, oh yeah, like nobody likes steamed. Well, not nobody, <laughs> but most people don't like steamed veggies. And so my tip with that is like, cut up your veggies, put them in a bowl, do a little oil, avocado oil, and then any seasonings you want, like. Uh, everything but the bagel seasoning from Trader Joe's Mm. or just like garlic, pepper, salt, cinnamon, mix it all up and throw it in the oven and do baked veggies. I think that tastes so much better than just like steamed veggies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's my problem because I buy those like 
microwave steamers. Yeah. And you're like, ugh. <laughs> and I hate it every time. It needs some flavor. <laughs> yeah. What is your number one life tip? My number one life tip comes back to the inner child, and it is just to have fun and enjoy life. When I do the inner child with my clients, I ask them what is something they liked to do as a kid, and some people will say paint, rollerblade, um, just like skip, and I think as children, we're so innocent, and we have so much fun, and sometimes when we're adults, we forget to have fun, and that life doesn't need to be so serious, so Mm -hmm. just have fun do something that your inner child would do. Yeah. I always, because I have a lot of younger second cousins, my cousins' babies, and, like, they just have so much fun, like, doing nothing. And I'm like, right. I wish I could have fun like that. They, like, pick up a stick and they're, like, have this, like, amazing game. And you're like, why can't I do that? So <laughs> yeah. I think, like, allowing yourself to kind of have that childlike energy is important. Definitely. So thank you so much for joining me and answering all my questions. How can people find you, work with you, contact you? Yes. So my number one is probably Instagram. It's Ken's Grow, K-E-N-Z-G-R-O-H. And then you can find my website, kensgrowcoaching.com. I'm on Instagram all the time. If you're interested in working with me or just even asking questions, um, you can pop into my DMs. Awesome. Is there anything else that you wanted to share that you didn't get a chance to? Yes. I think when, when when we talked about your show and like your focus with entrepreneurs, I would say to any entrepreneurs listening to this, women starting their own business or whatever it is, just to not give up, to keep going because entrepreneurship truly is a roller coaster Mm. and sometimes it can feel exhausting, but it is so, so worth it. And I wouldn't change this journey for anything. Mm -hmm. And I think definitely nowadays with social media, you only really see people's like, the good times and yeah. it's it's like a lot of behind the scenes going into it and like questioning things and it's a long journey <laughs> yeah it is and you it's um, a lot of comparison too and so like mm-hmm. staying in your lane and just focusing on what you're doing and that's why I'm glad you brought up too of like my program being different it's because it doesn't need to fit into any kind of box your business can be whatever you want it to be this is the last question that I ask every guest (laughs) what does being pretty AF mean to you pretty being pretty AF means to me that you find your true self and you let it shine and you're not afraid of what other people think, what other people think or say, and you just show up authentically. Thank you. Thank you so much, Kenzie, for joining me on the Pretty AF podcast and answering all my questions. If you haven't done so yet, be sure to check out the show notes and follow her on the gram. I'll see you in next week's solo episode. Thank you for taking this time for yourself to get one step closer to a life you love. If you loved this episode, it would mean the world to me if you left me a review on iTunes or whatever you're listening on. Tell me what you want to hear more of or your favorite parts of the episode. Until next time, I'm Ozzy Maslow. Lots of love. And don't forget, you're pretty AF.